follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. This is Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, doing good, Shad. Um, I should have made an alcohol run before we ran with my <laughs> stupid, <laughs> stupid idea for this week. <laughs> well, <clears throat> thankfully, I got uh, I got something sitting right here next to hand. We might just need it to get through this. But... First of all, we want to say thank you to everybody joining us for this episode. We'll get our shout-outs taken care of right here at the beginning. The first one is going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, CollarandElbowBrand.com. Use the promo code for Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital C in Corners, capital P in Podcast, to save 10% off your order. Other shout-out, um, if you would like to help the folks in eastern Kentucky that could still use your help, I'm going to recommend you go through the Apple Shop, A-P-P-A-L-S-H-O-P dot org. Uh, your donations will go to people who need them, who need the help. Our other shout-out goes over to Matt. Uh, that would be to Orlando Cologne. Uh, you know, guys, I really still hold out hope that Orlando is going to show up in AEW one of these days. Maybe he can participate in uh, – <laughs> the Dr. Pepper exploding oh, ring, God. barbed wire ring match. And if they won't hire him, you know, maybe Impact will come calling and he can be in like the Impact Mr. Would at Pib. least make it fun. That he could be in like the Mr. Pib uh, thumbtack of hell match. God. Or if he has to go to NWA, maybe he can be in like the bottle cap mayhem match. Oh, Lord. Sponsored by Dr. Thunder. <laughs> Dr. Thunder. <laughs> They can't even get Big K to, to do it. No, not no TNA. No, it's TNA brother. Like they can't. They It'd be can't diet. Pib. It'd be like diet right. They couldn't even get Mister Pib. It's like diet right, like the lowest class soda you can think of. It's a name brand soda though. It is. It's not like an off brand, you know, generic soda they sell at like like a Kirkland brand soda or anything like that. Who was the guy that had that it, epic rant? About it was a regional. On Brian and Viddy. I don't know his name. Oh, I don't know his name either. Do you know um, Matt? Is it? I I don't know. Is it Mike? It was no, the it's little not Mike guy. Stevie, but no. Yeah, I, I don't know. He, but like one of his was like the Fago like pineapple. <laughs> the pineapple flavor. It's the Undertaker uh, pineapple Fago. Uh, like held in the cell match or yeah. something. That, but, I think that was a joke. If um if when you're done with this, like if you go and look at Brian and Vinny's like recap of this, this guy's rant is hilarious. Like there's a point where he he goes a fucking soda match, and, like everyone's like just cracking up. Like there's a guy yeah. sitting behind him that's just laughing. Um, but so um 
I decided I'm going to take the fall for this one because it was my idea. I thought like, hey, we have to watch this stupid pitch black match because mm-hmm. there's going to be some laughs. We can get a good episode out of it joking about how um, dumb it is. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, shit, like there is nothing like even remotely fun or humorous about this. It's just bad. I will say you at one point styled it as the, like the worst match you've seen ever, and I would disagree with that. I'm adding uh, in the Uncle the, Howdy shit at the end. Like I'm adding in the it, aftermath. Okay, it's, it, I would still say it's not the worst wrestling content I've ever seen. Yeah, it's just part of my language. It's just fucking ponderous. It's like I don't understand what happened or what I saw. Or, or why? The biggest thing is why. It's like <laughs> you're going through every question. It's like who, what, where, why, how. It's like I don't know why this exists. Well, I, I tried. I actually tried to sit down and explain it to my wife, and my wife was like, just I. She didn't even say anything. I was just as I was explaining it, her facial expressions like of just utter confusion. And it's like I don't know. I don't know why it's, it's this way. Well, so. <laughs> and like, what I don't She's understand giving you is, utter confusion, and you're like, I know, right? Like, first off, like, what has been their obsession like the last five years now with doing matches where the crowd can't actually see it? And this is dating back, and this is like, this is dating back to that Hell in the Cell where they made it red and they, the crowd couldn't see it, or even the Punjabi prison match where the crowd you literally could not see what was going on. No, yeah. the the cage yeah. was so like. At least, like, visually, it was dense, so it's like you can't yeah. see what's happening. Yeah. And back in the day, back in the day, the NWA, and then later, much later, much, much later, WCW, they did a whole triple cage gimmick match. Yep. And it was still not as bad as this. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, yeah, let's, let's right. do a brief recap, because this is short. So, um... So they do this video recap of it, which it kind of is okay until the Uncle Howdy thing comes in. And then I was utterly perplexed with the Uncle Howdy thing. Like, it made no sense. And if your video recap can't make it make sense, like, you have a problem. Mm -hmm. And they did this weird thing, like, and Shad had to set me straight because I went back because I didn't think they showed L.A. Knight's entrance. Because I went back looking for it because they did this weird thing. So they did like a video recap of part of the feud. L.A. Knight comes out and then they do more video recaps. And I'm like, why? They do. And it's it's weird. And I don't know why they did it. That That's a weird thing to do. But on the other hand, it, it like the feud between Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight, like I get. Mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt's like making his big return and LA Knight's being a dick about it. And so Bray Wyatt is mad and he's like, this is waking up something you don't want to deal with. Okay. You know what? Given Wyatt's history, perfectly fine feud. Got it. The thing that I didn't understand, and I'll admit, even I used to be a Bray Wyatt mark. I don't, I don't understand what the howdy thing is supposed like it, it, I, it, what it's really supposed to be um but okay i guess and then here we have um this you know we've got the recap until 
Uncle Howdy shows up in the recap, and it's like, well, uh, okay, this is supposed to be the thing that's that's scary for L.A. Night, I guess. Like, this is what's supposed to be worrisome. Okay, like you you've woken up, not to be like get too late 90s but we're getting some disturbed it's like you've woken up the demon in me and here kind of okay all right fair enough like oh, we have I, precedent for it you've opened the door is okay. the line all right you've opened the door you fair know enough. What, you know what this this whole like lead up to the match made me think <clears throat> is like wow i've really been spoiled by aew pay-per-views because they do not put this level of filler on the shows hmm. I, where did where did where did bray grow up uh, like in real life, like not like kayfabe. He's a Wyndham, right? Yeah, fl- yeah Florida. I thought. Florida, probably. Okay. I just remember like years ago, uh, I think one of the times that I actually was like visiting a friend of the show, Christy Petrillo, uh, and, and the other friend of the show, uh, Damien, <laughs> he was yeah. there. And we were, we were talking about something like Bray Wyatt related before he became like the fiend it's like back in the day with like Wyatt family yeah and he did like a bray impression and it's like I, when i was watching this it's like i just was distracted mm-hmm. by like the southern accent uh and he damien could do like a really funny impression of him back in that day it's like john cena john cena you it's like this really exaggerated like southern thing which i guess worked if you're doing the whole like southern cult leader type he's of thing. more doing like yeah. a exaggerated kind of cajun-y accent um, it's like uh, it's kind of night, it. you open the door it's like okay to what like what it's oh, all like know, so like I, I nothing i nothing that i buy into is like oh you open the door it's like okay like there's there's, there's a there's rabbit like, puppet no, in the door there's like no drama to me yeah i know well so and the thing is like this is part of the guys um on brian and vitty's rant that i think's dead on so this match is he's been in the company for four months since october so keep that in mind it's the first time he's wrestled on tv since october and he came back yeah i don't like in this and bear in mind, I said I used to be a Bray Wyatt mark. I don't know why you would just let this go this long before you have him like do something. Because they have so much it's TV, like, they probably were just like, eh, let it go, it kills time. See, okay, I, I found an interview the other day, and they said – someone asked him, was like, well, why don't you do the, the, the cult Bray Wyatt, and, you know, the Hawaiian shirt and the hat, and he goes – I can't bring myself to do that without Brody being in the world somewhere. It's like, okay, I get that. Like, that sucks. I, I get it. I, I, you know, I hate that that's the case. It, it's another reason why I'm sad that we lost Brody Lee, aside from him being apparently a, a great wrestler and a great person and a great dad and stuff. Okay, so, and you don't want to go back to doing The Fiend because of how badly that ended up being booked in the bad taste okay all right all right i'm with you so far i don't think that the answer was to go even weirder <laughs> right he needed don't someone go, 
He needed someone to tell him. He needs someone to tell him no at this point. From the experience I've had, and I will admit, this experience may be limited, but I've been around creative types a decent amount in my life. Okay, it, 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 it's it really, really, really helps that to have someone who who is like, okay, look, I know what you're going for, but you got to keep it between these guardrails here. Mm-hmm. Like that's fine. You know, like I know you want to be creative and stuff, but if we don't keep it between these rails, this could this could go off into something just that that is not going to work for any of a hundred reasons. I think that's why okay. I think that's why the Wyatt family was the best in NXT because you had Dusty there being like, No, Daddy, like this is good, but we need to ground this a little bit. I figure that what was going on was that and and I'm I'm guessing. I'm just guessing, and I admit that. But from a lot of stories I've heard of Dusty encouraging people in their gimmicks was that Dusty, as I remember, I've been hitting the head a few times. My memory might be shot. Seemed to have more of a habit of encouraging the good stuff so you would do more of the good stuff and not do more of the bad stuff, and you wouldn't push back that way. Um, So if, if Dusty was like, you know, this stuff is good. I like what you're doing here. I like how it's menacing. I like how it sounds, you know, a bit spooky. And then you've got these guys with you. This is good stuff. You know, you guys are you guys are going to be a force. And that's that's what like he showed up and like murdered like our truth, his first TV outing. Okay, cool. There's been nothing to keep the momentum going since he came back. It's like he comes back and he's like, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be here. I missed you. Okay, cool. And then where did we go from there? Because I'm kind of lost. Well, why would you use Bray Wyatt for a a sponsored match with Mountain Dew? I have a theory, but I've been talking a lot for the last few minutes. Okay, so let's let's progress into this. So Bray Wyatt makes a really long, um, really long entrance. It reminds me of that one Survivor series I think we did like way pre Four Corners. Where, like, um, Taker's entrance was, like, forever. It reminded me of that. <laughs> so we get to the match. They turn the lights out. And then there's a giant Mountain Dew logo in the ring. And then the, the ropes are fluorescent. So they do a whole lot of nothing in the ring. They go to the outside of the ring. They, they kind of stole Naomi's gimmick. Yeah. Because everything <laughs> is just black light. Yeah. yeah. And it... it L.A. Knight's tights are distracting because he came out without the black light. It looked just like yellow tights. With the black light, it's like glaring, like neon yellow. I thought that was so Bray and, could see him. Okay. And then and then Bray is covered from head to toe in like some sort of uh, ultraviolet ink with really weird red contacts on. Yeah. I mean, that makes him more visible, too. It, he looked, I mean, visually it looked impressive, which I guess that's what they mainly were going for. But uh, I don't know. I, it's just one of the many, many, many things. I'm like, I don't understand the purpose of this. Yeah. And then so the crowd immediately goes dead silent because it's obvious they can't see a damn thing. So they go to the outside where most of the match is going to happen. But they fucking neglected to light anything around the ring. 
So they immediately get outside, and you can tell pretty quick that at least Bray can't see what the hell he's doing, because they do this thing where um, where Knight sends him into the ring steps, and it looks like absolute garbage. And I was going to blame Bray at first, but I'm like, oh, I don't think he could see the steps well enough to do that right. So he just, like, split the difference to safely land. And then they uh-huh. did this. They did this, so they do this stuff around the barrier. Um, Bray tries to do the suplex that to go on. The, well, okay, so he um, he starts pulling the table apart because we have to abuse the poor Spanish announce table because it's WWE. And then all these, like, neon beans go everywhere, which Bray, I don't think Bray realized was going to happen. Yeah, I suspected that they didn't tell him that was going to be there. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been scattered all over the place. Because it first happens, he kind of, he kind of like, you know, he does what everybody does when they're they're going to do a table spot. You just start swatting stuff off the table. Well, they're in these little cups next to everything else. And it's like, well, if you didn't tell them they were going to be there... He wouldn't know not to knock him over, right? Yeah, and then... so That's they, a weird choice. So he tries to suplex... He gets on the ring steps. He tries to suplex L.A. Knight. Now, I don't know what they were going for here. I don't know if this was supposed to... How it was, how it was supposed to play out, but it's obvious someone did not have someone properly. And so Knight kind of awkwardly goes back onto his feet, and Bray almost falls backwards off of the ring steps. And so... I don't know if this is if Bray was supposed to go through the table, but Knight kind of salvages it and just kind of clotheslines him onto the table. So then there's neon like stuff flying everywhere. They do some more stuff. Then it's Sister Abigail, the end in the middle of the ring. Um, literally, that's the match. So then um, L.A. Knight. It, uh, it was to me, it was so abrupt, the ending. It like all of a sudden he was doing Sister Abigail to him with like no setup, and then just pinned him. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. And, and you'd think that I, it would be fine because it's like this, this literally it was like a five minute match, but with like the pre videos and the stuff afterwards, it would it just drag on for like the whole thing was like what fifteen minutes probably. Probably. No, it's probably closer to twenty no, because his I entrance mean, the was. Whole thing. His entrance was a good two to three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so then he goes to the corner and he puts on another mask, which I didn't get. Um, so whatever. Um, so then he's suddenly impervious to pain. L.A. Knight gets a lightsaber and starts beating him with it. Um, they go to the back. He gets. Um, what was it? What was it? I didn't understand what this thing was he got, like, tossed into. Do you know what it was supposed to be? I, I'm i not really sure. Uh, like, it was hard to see so much of it. Yeah, so he but... gets thrown into some contraption. And then Uncle Howdy is up on scaffolding. Well, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> before that, before that, for some reason... I, I think it was even after like he won the match. For some reason, then Bray goes into like a uh, turnbuckle and puts on a mask. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we I and mentioned I, that, and it, I don't understand why he needed another mask. Okay, I, I mean I I just want to I want to elaborate on the fact that he put on a mask, which I you couldn't even see because it's a black light. It like you couldn't actually see a lot of the features of it, but 
he put it on. It looked kind of like the old like cane mask. Remember, like when he had like it was all like the half mask where you had like fake hair with it. Yeah. It looked kind yeah. of like kind of like that. It's anyway, the one he still uses for photo ops. Yeah, he it's he put that on, and all of a sudden he like is no selling everything. Yeah, like La Knight is is hitting him with kendo shots, aka lightsaber shots, <laughs> and and Bray is just like no selling any everything. And this is the point. Obviously, I was like confused about everything with this match, but I'm watching this and I'm just noticing like Bray's physique, and it's mm-hmm. like I was thinking, you know, it's like none of this is necessary. Like Bray is like a big dude. I'm like, yeah. I don't know how tall he is. He's probably like not that tall in terms of like actual height. Uh, I know they all, like wrestling. They always tend to inflate height. He's. I don't think he's that tall. It's not like he's legit like six six in real life, and they like bill him as like six eight or whatever yeah. like that. He's he's probably like a decent size, but you know he's not like gigantic. Anyway, he's big enough, and he's like broad enough and muscular enough. I'm like, why don't they just? They have a perfect. They had the perfect opportunity to bring him back. They bring him back. It's like you can just repackage him as just like just like a Vader S type where he can just like be beating the shit out of people and it's believable because he's big. Like really yeah. big. Uh but instead it's back to the whole like supernatural Funhouse fiend verse that um and it's got played. I out. actually I can talk about it in a minute as we talk about the final of the match, but it's like it's I feel it's worse. <laughs> it's, it's worse way than worse. before. So he throws him into like a platform like structure. Yeah, we don't know what it was. We don't. You literally don't know what it was. I'm sorry. I, I glad I I glad I popped you, Shaq. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for like a joke because everything with the WWE is like is dot a dash like structure. It's, yeah. it's he, he, what it, it's a what it is like structure in the ring. It's, now. it's what it is. But it's not really that because it's a something like structure. It's like, yes. how is that not a box? Well, it's a box like structure. It's like, mm. what does that mean? It means a box. That's what it means. Is it solid? Like the whole way? Then it's a cube. But it's a box. Yeah. A box is a box. No, no, it's not a cube, Shad, because then it would be a cube-like structure. That's the point I'm kind of trying to drive at. It's just weird. Yeah weird oh my god it's this weird like dichotomy of if we don't say what it is but we admit it looks like it then nobody will know the difference it's like are you do you think your fans are that dumb they really i you know this made me really appreciate aew announcers just for the fact that they pretend to like each other oh yeah and they don't treat the fans like they're dumb. Because I noticed the like a lot of the Vince vernacular was gone, but like they still do have like the mechanics of like the bad WWE announcing, like ingrained in their souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Uncle yeah, Howdy yeah. is up on some conveniently placed scaffolding, I guess we'll call it. And yeah, he's so he jumps off and he could not like. I think Matt or I, or, or I think you could have just like wheeled someone off in a wheelchair and like come closer to hitting L.A. Knight than Uncle Howdy did. 
I mean, Chad, you have you have actually been a worker. Yeah. I certainly have never taken bumps. Certainly no bumps from like a very large height. So I don't necessarily fault him for like overshooting yeah. uh, LA Knight, but it just looked bad. Well, but I don't uh, understand. The, the camera angles. Mm-hmm. What I don't understand is like if so if you're worried about it then hide LA Knight better so he can move and they're just jumping into foam so I don't think it's gonna hurt that bad, but like mm-hmm. or or you know Kevin Dunn loves his jump cuts why didn't you just jump cut to save it? Mm-hmm. Because where did where were they jump cut to? That's true. Like where where do you go from here? There I, there's literally nowhere for the for the camera to go other like they had the best angle for it because even you could at least pretend that the dude hit on the way down with the angle they were at. Okay. Fair enough. It's just, I'm not, you know, I I was never someone, I never did a ladder match. I never did a cage match. You weren't going to get me up on something to jump off of it. That was not going to happen. I don't care if you had the 82nd Airborne. They were I was not jumping off of something like that. But on the other hand, you don't want to land directly on the guy from that far up either. So where do you split the difference? And hell, I don't know. It might have been pretty hard to see, too. Oh, that's true. I, yeah. It, it, he's looking down there, and all he's got and are he's got that stupid fucking mask on, too. So he already can't see well, and it's dark. He's got the mask. It's dark. All you have to go by are L.A. Knight's knee pads and his trunks. How how do you do this then? Well, they could have they done a the fluorescent landing spot for him like a Roadrunner I, cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> I, they still have not, like, I feel at all given some sort of explanation as to who or what Howdy is. Like, Braid, it's like this mumbling promo that, that I don't even understand what he's trying to get out. And it's like, it's like, okay, how is me? And it's like, so what you have like, Except not just not. a, not just like a split personality, but you have, you can actually like manifest yourself in two different entities. See, uh, here's the thing that I appreciated in the, the cult leader gimmick and the firefly Funhouse, And I'm not counting the weird in between time when, you weren't exactly sure what was going on. If anything, if he doesn't want to go back to being like cult leader Brad, be like, all right, you remember that in between time, like post cult leader thing, but pre Firefly Funhouse, that like kind of like that weird like Rage Against the Machine type. I would be like, we're gonna go do that, okay? We're like take take your your idea, Matt, of like make him Vader esque. He just beats the living hell out of people because he has a cryptic bone to pick with them that you get an answer to, but not the full reason why something like that. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. But the cult leader and the Firefly Funhouse laid out the rules for their, their paradigm clearly from the beginning. The cult leader is like, he's like, you know, this is me. This is my family. You know, if you follow me, bad stuff doesn't happen to you. It's like, okay, we got a cult leader, Firefly Funhouse. He's like, oh no, look, here's me. Here are these, you know, these puppets that were references to things from my past and that sort of stuff. But when bad stuff happens, the fiend comes out. And it's like, okay, you have like established, you have established expectations and rules. I am lacking so much 
on on what the current thing is that I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And now the, then the best part is then there's this weird like pyro that goes off, but they mistimed it so bad with his landing that I don't even know what the hell it was supposed to be. I'm not sure either. And this was to dead crowd silence, by the way. It, this was to total crowd silence. It actually I, silenced. My wife I asked me. Wondered. I explained this. I explained this segment to her. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Then like this guy who's in real life, he's like, it's it, in true life, it's like his brother, in like some sort of costume. Like he did this dive and he missed the guy, and then pyro went off, like fireworks went off, and it was like the crowd was just. It, it, I explained all this. My wife was like, oh, the crowd like really into this. I'm like, no. They couldn't <laughs> it see it. Silence. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, probably they didn't. They couldn't see it. Well, because I mean, you know, you know how I knew the crowd couldn't see anything is because the table spot did not get a pop. It got like it got a mild pop from the people around it, but you could tell anyone that wasn't in the immediate vicinity didn't know what happened. So, I have a theory on on the thought process that led to this, but it doesn't. Bear me out. So let's say that you, you've got this set up and, and Mountain Dew's like, hey, you know, you have a pitch black match and do this. Or, and what can we do with that? And it's like, well, if you use a black light and lots of fluorescent stuff, we should be able to see each other and do OK, right? OK, yeah. OK, yeah. If, if we've got enough fluorescent stuff on us, then we should be able to be OK. Yeah. The, and the fluorescent stuff would look cool and I can do some stuff with like some body paint and that sort of stuff that would look OK. I think we can work this. Like that's the thought process that I think led into like this whole thing, and it didn't work. Well, the, the and the problem is they okay they it didn't work. The problem I think with the live crowd is is they did they they did a cardinal sin that they do repeatedly, which is they cared more about the TV aesthetic than the people that paid to sit there, which they do a lot. Yes. Yeah, and they got into that habit during lockdown. Yeah. Like, that was Vince's dream, because then then he could control the crowd's reaction, too. Yeah. And um, I want to say, like, you know what would have been better than this? I would have just I would just sort of hired Kota Ibushi and told him he's going to wrestle a giant bottle of Mountain Dew, and it would have turned out better. <laughs> it would have been better. He would have made it work. Yes. And he probably would have gotten so, it over. Yeah. <laughs> And Cornette would have blown another vessel. Yes. Um, one of the things, like, Brad, I know you said that this is, like, the worst thing you've seen. But I'm not going to say that. Because the match, quote-unquote, match section itself wasn't good, but it was short. And I can kind of get why it didn't work. Because it's like, we've got this gimmick we got to work in, and... We can't really work in this gimmick. It's not working. Let's get this done. Okay. All right. I, I understand that. You had no, an idea the, the, you thought would be good, and it didn't work. The shit okay. quality Fair. of the work I've I've let up a little bit on because it's obvious in hindsight. Like some of the problems were because they could not see. I'm convinced yeah. of. And I'm not going to say this is the worst gimmick stuff I've ever seen, because what I said to Brad earlier today was, you remember the rambling master from the dungeon of doom just sitting there in his chair with his weird makeup rambling on for as long as this whole angle took 
not making any sense and Kevin Sullivan trying not to fall asleep standing next to him. My um, my one defense <laughs> of that is that is terrible and it's probably worse, but it is 1995, so I think there is a slight different standard to to that than to this. But it's that's still terrible. That's my only defense of it. I'm not saying that's like a big yeah. strong defense. That's just my and caveat to understand. how bad that is. Yeah, I know. Like this is this is really bad. And maybe just maybe this will be the wake up call to go, all right, we've we gotta do something with this. It's it's you know, a, we gotta pull the nose up on this. It's at least the worst modern era thing I've seen. Uh, the first thing that springs to mind that would be in contention was the Baron Corbin Roman Reigns feud with like messing with the entrance graphics and pouring dog food over him because it was oh, like shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, I had forgotten about that until just now. Mm, yeah, you're was, welcome. I just is, drug that back into your brain. <laughs> this is probably worse, but um. That's a good contender. I'm sure there's it's something just, Miz has been involved. Like I'm sure there's like ten things Miz has been involved in that I could. Okay. I could Miz versus up. Shane McMahon. The finish on that WrestleMania match that was the wrong finish. That was very clearly a stage, like an awfully set up bump, like that sort of stuff. Was that was that Mania or was that the next one? That was one? a Mania. Yeah. yeah, that was a Mania match. That went out into the crowd that wasn't lit, so a lot of the crowd couldn't see it, with a terrible god awful finish that nobody wanted to see. Oh, I thought you were talking about the what the the bad like cage match ending, not the mania one. No, that was not mania. Okay. God, there was a lot of bad stuff with Shane when he came back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt, the way you agree with that. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. That's not even getting into the cause, because I even forgot about the Miz stuff, because when I think about what pisses me off with Shane's return is, like, the way they buried Kevin Owens, and then you brought up the Miz thing, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, he did that to two people. Mm-hmm. Yep. And didn't lose yeah. any of the matches. So, this is a this is an odd callback, but whenever in the aftermath of Raw 30 or Raw X or whatever, I don't you had the DX segment, and the best follow-up I saw to that was actually Sean Waltman that said, you know, the part, the the biggest mistake of that whole thing is where we all hit our finishers on guys who still have to come to work and draw money tomorrow. Like, Sean Waltman gets it. Well, Sean Waltman... man doesn't. Sean Waltman... Is that with FTR? Um... No, that, that wasn't... Not the, not the like, vintage draw that was back oh. in the... Whatever. It was the, the one here that was super recent that had the... The DX reunion, and it's like, we're all 50, but we're acting like we're counterculture. Suck it. And it's like, how many of you guys have, like, a a replaced hip or something? You know, DX was was briefly popular, and they do not deserve the amount of, like, returns they get on all these vintage shows. (sighs) Look, DX was always like a poor man's response to the nwo yeah it just happens to be that the wwe of course survived like the next 25 years so and like, they can't get austin to do this shit consistently so they have to do like the only 
the only act that was moderately popular from that era that will still come back, which is them. And you know, Triple H is the boss's son. Yeah. So yeah, this uh, this sucked. I, I was hoping for lulls. There were no lulls. Yeah, it, it, it's it's the biggest crime to it is it's not entertainingly bad. And it, like if it was over the top and silly kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I could appreciate that. It's just not. And you completely buried L.A. Knight, who throughout all of this showed that he is like a good talent. And he got himself over. And, you know, you know what? What's funny about this is Triple H has gotten a lot of smoke blown up his ass the last six months. And this segment right mm-hmm. here should show you why he should get no credit and why he's not a good booker. I don't know who who really is responsible for this. I mean, this is what I'm going to say. It happened under his watch and I don't care. He has to take the blame for it because he let it happen. As the head booker. Because if, if someone did some shit on AEW and it turned out crappy, like we're all going to blame Tony Khan. So Triple H takes the takes the blame for it, in my opinion. Anything that I did that was. Because my my last run was, frankly, it was an original gimmick Bray Wyatt ripoff. Anything that I did that was getting close to the line, the promoter would pull me back on. He'd be like, man, I don't want you to do that. And I'd be like, okay, I won't. Now, the funny part is there was, I, I tap danced right up to the line a few times, and he loved it because, look, I'm doing this in small southeast Kentucky towns. You don't mess with people's church there, but I did just a little bit, and he said I actually cost him a spot show promoter. And I was like, oh, oh, crap. I'm sorry. He goes, don't worry about it. You saved me 500 bucks a show. (laughs) But it's like whoever's in charge is the one that has to go, okay, this doesn't just – like if you lay everything out to me, I'm going to make up an example because this is not what happened. But let's say that – let's just pretend that at the beginning of Lost there was a plan for the whole thing. Just pretending. And I don't know. That's kind of Abrams. Hard. You're really you're really <laughs> stretching my suspension of disbelief that J.J. Abrams had a plan for something. And Abrams is like, OK, here's how the whole thing plays out. He needed an executive producer to go, OK, cool. But if it doesn't make sense on the way there, people aren't going to keep watching. Like if 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 you have, for lack of a better term, your whole mythos laid out. Great. And it makes sense internally or it has as as a lot of um, RPG boards like to use the phrase, if it has verisimilitude, great. It makes sense internally. But along the way, it has to make enough sense to make to have people keep caring about it. We don't have that right now. And we need that. Yeah, because this this is four months. This is four months of buildup. Yeah, because there's idiots. Um, I'm not going to call him by name, but Matt posted some choice bits from a certain Facebook group. But people keep defending this shit, saying it's long term booking. And it's like long term booking is not good if no one cares where it's going. 
Yeah. If it doesn't keep you in, involved, it's not good long-term booking. Yeah. Like I know just people, being long-term. Go ahead, Brett. Like I'm people sorry. wanting Roman to get like a thousand-day title reign. It's like who cares? His reign hasn't been good. There's no drama to any of it because he never looks bad or loses. Like it's not there. Like who cares? I was going to say long-term booking in and of itself is not good. It's just a thing. You, you can do it badly, too. You know what was awesome about Revolution, the Revolution pay-per-view last year is they did Adam Page versus Adam Cole for the main event, and I had no idea who was going to win. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Matt? Uh, just, well, I have like a, a, a bigger... Uh, thought i guess about the whole bloodline storyline go for uh, it that a guy like wrote up but i uh, god i can't remember what exactly oh here it is like i retweeted this uh there's a guy that i i, I don't know him but on twitter he's he goes by the handle like captain deadpool but he had a really good like send up of this and it's like a joking like disparaging joke but it's like he goes imagine if after three years of storytelling instead of hangman page beating kenny omega for the world title tony khan instead had the buck screw uh, hangman out of the title so he and john silver then went after the tag belts while some other guy that just came from the wwe won a battle royal and then beat kenny instead and mm-hmm. it's like yeah that's what's we're seeing like right now and i've seen people online and it's like well, what else are they going to do with uh, with the Usos? Like, it's actually smart booking. They're going to have him actually like go at the tag titles. It's like it's to the point where literally Cody Rhodes just won like the Royal Rumble. He's going to get his big Mania main event. Yeah. Uh, for the world title, it's like literally like people just care about Sammy and they want Sammy to actually like get his get his like uh big moment and get revenge on 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 roman and like that's where the, all like the interest i'm seeing is on and i've seen people who for lack of but this is the best way to put it i know this is very like biased against the wwe but people who are fed pilled are like okay. they're like what like, a term they were like they're getting mad uh, in like a wrestling observer group. So they're very wrestler observer people. They're getting mad at me. They're like, uh, they're mad at me. Cause like pointing out the fact that it's like, like, why, like, why are we doing this? Like they ever, all the interest is with Sammy. Just pointing that out. I'm not even saying like, Oh, Sammy should main event WrestleMania, even though that would be at least like a, a payoff and the storyline. Yeah. They're like, they're basically shitting on it. Uh, were these people shitting like, on the Daniel this? Bryan stuff back in the day? Because it sounds like they were. Probably. I, I don't know. But they're like mad. I'm just pointing out the fact that all the interest is him. It's like, oh, that's not true. It's like, it's, like, it's fine to have him you know, go for the, the tag titles. Like, no, it's not, folks. It's not. Like, I, I, could, I could logically work through, like, the idea behind it. Like I, I I appreciate like logically I can think of like well there's reasons that, like why they would do it or their the storyline way because because I'm a I don't profess to be the smartest man on the planet but I'm I'm rational enough that I can sit down and if I think about something I can be like hmm yeah let me try to figure out an actual like rationale for this that 
could be sold to people and let's try to go that direction if that direction is like where you're dead set on going. But it's not the best. And by the best, yeah. I mean like the, what people want or clamoring for is like Sammy. Sammy to actually have some sort of match with Roman or some give Roman some sort of comeuppance. Uh, because yeah. that's where all the interest is. Like, Sam, like uh, Cody just won. And to me, it's like, yeah, 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 whatever. Sammy. Yeah. Mm. But could you imagine – could you imagine if this was any other company? And now people might take some um, some exception to what I'm about to say, but could you imagine if any other company took – we'll call Sammy a homegrown star for all intents and purposes. Like, okay. Because, you know, his, that's his big exposure. He worked Indies for a long time, but, you know, that's happened with other promotions. Could you imagine if WCW, Impact, or AEW took their homegrown guy that – people were behind and stuff and they pushed them to the side for a WWE guy that they just signed. Like there would be, there would be absolute like bedlam and anarchy and you'd never live it down. And it would just be another, Oh, look they're you know, they're, they're just playing with Vince's toys. And it's like, it's like, that's kind of what WWE's doing right here. I mean, I know Cody's been there for a year, but he's wrestled like what? Five TV matches. Before the yeah. injury, and they're all against Seth Rollins. I look at this and I, I think you know what? There's a real easy solution. If you're willing to take both the belts off of Roman, one goes on Sammy, one goes on Cody, and you get both. Except they're so hidebound to have the long-running heel lose at Mania, or not to have the long-running heel lose at Mania. When, when, like, honest to God, when else would you do this? When else would you wrap it up? What, what's your mania is your blow off show. That's when you wrap the big angles. That's when the heel loses the big one. That mania hasn't been the blow off show in forever. It's supposed to be, but you know, they never, it, it is supposed to be, they never blow anything off anymore. Like it's just, everything's no, they don't. Out. Yeah. I I did see just just to go back to like the uh, the USO bloodline Sammy thing. I did see a guy do like a Twitter thread uh, where he basically he was walking through like the entire like two and a half years of uh, the storyline, and he was focusing on like Sammy and the USOs, and he was talking about how like uh, Jay USO. Th- this is actually going back to like the raw after the rumble yeah uh and and was focusing on the rumble uh well actually it, it mostly is about the rumble where it's like he talking about how like jay Uso way back in the day like in 2020 um that you had roman versus jay and roman defeated jay in like the, an i quit match because if you guys remember ray uh roman got jimmy and like a uh guillotine choke mm-hmm. and so to save his brother jay quit and uh, then obviously both of them joined the bloodline afterwards all of a sudden the bloodline was like forming uh and eventually it became to where it's like okay they became like you know willing participants in the bloodline and then eventually you had Sami Zayn enter and jay initially was like 
anti Sammy coming in. He didn't he didn't trust Sammy. He didn't think Sammy had like good intentions. And then slowly Sammy proved himself to the bloodline and basically proved that he was like a loyal soldier and Jay then bought into it. Like he was he actually Sammy won Jay over. Like which was like the a big part of the storyline is like Jay didn't like him, Jay didn't want him there. And then he Sammy won him over. So mm-hmm. then fast forward when Roman, who was Royal the Royal Rumble, he attacks uh they had the match and afterwards he Sammy doesn't want to actually like Roman to continue beating him and is like, you know, you're above this, whatever. And so then Roman, because he's a dick, goes to Sammy and it's like, okay, then you do it and give Sammy the, the chair so that Sammy then can would attack Kevin. And Kevin is, you know, his longtime quote unquote brother. They, they've literally been up and down the road together. Like they started off together they have been friends for like decades now and now one problem with this though is is they've never really done much with that in wwe like on screen so like you that's one of those things where you they depended a lot for this like people to fill in the blanks from like outside knowledge which i have a bit of a issue with yeah that's that's true that's fair uh but sammy of course doesn't do it he can't bring himself to do it and he felt like he's being he was being bullied into that moment and then he hits Roman with the chair and of course this is like it apparently went over very well uh with a live crowd it did he got a big pop for it people are really rabid about things they they want they now again cody won the rumble all people want is to is to see sammy versus go after roman and 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 do something with roman but the person this person on twitter uh basically wrote it's like what happened after uh he hit roman it's like all the bloodline then attacked sammy you know left him broken in the ring except jay Mm -hmm. and this guy was basically uh what he's arguing the rationale it's like is that jay in his Jay basically saw like all those years ago, like going back years ago, like he gave up. He he quit for his brother Jimmy. Like he got broken. Like Roman broke him. Like not physically, but mentally, like Roman broke Jay. Mm-hmm. And then at that moment, like this moment right here at the Rumble, he saw that Sammy, like when get, when presented with his quote unquote brother Kevin Owens, like Sammy wouldn't. He would not actually break to the point where even though he got broken he got beaten physically he got broken down physically he didn't mentally break and like that's why jay could not bring himself to do it he was like flashing back to years ago how he was too weak to stand up to roman but sammy did and so jay not only like you know they have the whole part of the storyline where it's like he accepted sammy yeah but this person is arguing like it's more than that. It's Jay flashing back and realizing I can't do this. Like Sammy actually did what I couldn't do. Like he stood up to Roman. He didn't let Roman break him. Mm-hmm. And I read this and I actually really, really liked uh, his analysis. Let me look at this guy's uh, handle. It's, it's, his handle is Hollywood J Black, B-L-A-Q. 
Okay. Uh, Hollywood J. Black of SB Sports. Like, I actually thought this whole analysis was interesting, compelling, and actually I felt a really good analysis. The problem I have with it is, is that – they'll never, they'll never play that in on TV because it's too complex. The, pro- the problem I have with it is that this – this whole complex rationale that he's laying out there, it might legitimately be what Jay Uso and Sami Zayn as individual performers have worked out between each other. And they may be like the storyline that they're trying to convey to people. That may be like legitimate. That may that may be what both of them are doing. I have zero, zero trust that that is what Triple H was trying to get across or even thought about, even contemplated. I don't believe that the WWE no, as a whole I, I pretty is what much... this is going with. I don't think they even like focused on that. I don't think they had at all that sort of in-depth analysis of the storyline, idea about the storyline. I don't think they had a fucking clue about this storyline until Sammy came into the picture. And I don't think I don't think I think at this point too I think Triple H just wants to shovel Sammy to this to the side as quickly as possible to get to they like have Roman's already, next thing. Uh, they have already like it could be all a red herring if you but we, I personally that look you could talk about high trust and low trust when it comes to AEW. I personally have like a high level of trust in Tony Khan and AEW because more often than not, they do, they give you what you want or what is a good thing. And if like it sometimes, sometimes and, it's like a circuitous route to get to that sometimes, and but sometimes, they give you what you want. And sometimes when he trips over his own feet, he, you get an apology like writing of the ship. He, he, yeah. he, he recorrects. He, he, he changes things up. He learns from his mistakes. I have a high trust in AEW. I have very low trust in WWE. So they've already – it could be a red herring, but there are already like reports from – I guess from from both talking since and also mm-hmm. Triple H. And both of them have allegedly been told like, oh, yeah, we don't see Sammy as like a long-term guy. So – they're even theorizing that if Sammy somehow were to beat Roman and win the title, it'd be like he would lose it immediately, which I guess it would be fine in in, in theory because it's like, OK, like, well, maybe it's just beating Roman is the big payoff. So if he goes right back, I mean, it's the it's the probably the biggest thing, biggest storyline for sure of Sammy's career. All I know is, like, I don't think the WWE has, like actually had any sort of logical conclusion to this no, storyline. Because I don't I don't, think, I don't think they figured it out. I don't even think why I don't so I have a high trust level in the WWE to do exactly the opposite of what I want at any given time. <laughs> but so my problem is I don't think they actually understand <clears throat> I don't think I don't think they understand the Sammy aspect of it or how he actually got people to care about the bloodline. I think they just think Roman just finally like got more over. And I think the problem is though, the problem with if if they give him a short term thing, that means it's going back on a heel and you just had two years of a heel. Like you have to give people a breather with, 
with a face with the title for at least a couple of months. Yeah, there's got to be something to to signify that there's a change. The thing about that whole theory that you were you were relating, Matt, and oddly enough, this ties back to the original Bray Wyatt stuff. That is more complicated than WWE has been willing to put on TV in a long, long time. Not since Savage and Hogan. It feels like it. And it feels like that they do not trust, either they don't trust their audience to be able to follow it, which with the production team they've had in the past, they could make a video, you know, a recap video that would lay it all out really nicely, but they don't. It feels like that what they put on TV, if it's not super simple and super easy to understand, they don't want to put it there because they don't. I don't know if it's that they don't think their fans will get it or if they think they're getting broader appeal by their fans, um, you know, by by appealing to the easiest to understand, lowest well, common denominator. So they'll pick up more people. I think there's I think there's kind of a chicken and egg thing here that they started. But I also think I also think the problem they have is they've taught their crowd that everything is disposable. So the crowd literally doesn't remember anything because nothing matters. And so See, the crowd lives in the moment because they've taught they like, they've trained them that like oh this isn't gonna matter in six months. Remember, yeah. you know what this reminds me of? Um, What's that? Remember when they did the Brock Roman like rematch at Mania, and like all those people online were like telling you about how this is this like epic like two year storyline, and they were hyping it mm-hmm. up as, as that, and then it came around to like how the WWE did it and none of that meant a damn thing and it's obvious that that did not figure in like one iota of their booking the match was five minutes in they teased roman being like oh no my shoulder's out and then roman wins with the spear 30 seconds later yeah and that was the whole thing and like that for me seeing that was pretty much the nail in the coffin it's like you know what any any willingness i have to keep watching this product is now truly, you know, it's it's dead and buried because <clears throat> they've been doing this crap for so long. I don't want to see it anymore. I don't want it. This is not it's it's thanks. I hate it. You know, it, <laughs> and so does AEW have issues? Yes. The AEW excess is a real thing. Is it frustrating? Yes, it frustrates me. As a guy who was trained in the old school Southern style, yes, it frustrates me. But then on the other hand, guess what? You know, when Hangman put his title on the line, his title shot on the line to get Dark Order a title shot, and they had that that four v four v four with the with the Elite to try and get the was four v four three v three whatever to try and get the and then Hangman gets beat and everybody is buzzing about what happens next. And Hangman comes back and then finishes his arc. Like, I had enough faith in them at that point to be like, well, they're not just killing him dead. With as much, like, the part of the buildup to this is when a cowboy gets knocked down, he gets back up. This is not dead. I have enough faith to know that they're going to come back and finish this out in a satisfactory way because that's what they keep doing. 
sometimes they don't. Sometimes they drop the ball, like that stretch with the TNT belt, but they've picked it back up and they're right in the ship. WWE doesn't show me that they pick the ball back up and write the ship. I'm the, mixing metaphors really the badly. The difference between AEW and WWE to me is, is I and I, I've I've talked numerous times on this show about the last year and how I thought AEW was not well booked for most of the year, but mm-hmm. a promotion giving me what I want like 60 to 75 percent of the time at its worst is better than watching a company where usually there is one thing I'm desperately clinging to, hoping they don't screw up because that's the only thing I care about. And that's WWE. I remember when we were reviewing contemporary WWE stuff and I felt like I was just reaching for stuff to enjoy. And, 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 you know, I, I, I was at the AEW show that had the Jay Briscoe Memorial main event on it. Guess what? I enjoyed like 90% of what was in the ring. It was great. I was having to pick like when is the least bad time to go to the bathroom. Oh, they make it um, real hard because they don't let you they breathe. Do. Yeah. And, and or well, you get a chance to breathe, but that's when everybody goes. And yeah. I was like, I can't. I've got to go now. Uh, but I don't want to have to search. I don't want to have to dig through the dirt to find the good thing for the entertainment that I'm choosing to enjoy. I don't. I don't want I don't to be slapped raw. in the face for wanting to enjoy it. You know when I stopped watching Raw regularly is when I was DVRing it and I realized I wasn't even stopping for 10 minutes worth of show anymore. Mm. That's when um, That's when I realized it was time to stop watching. And I don't, I don't DV, and I DVR um, AEW, and I don't fast forward through anything. Like the commercials. No, because they have that, matches during really the commercials it. most of the times. Some of the commercials. <laughs> but like, I usually watch AEW live if I do. But I, I was gonna say like that's something I didn't tell you guys, but it it really shows the contrast if you got that super emotional Mark Briscoe Jay Lethal match contrasted to the pitch black match in the same week. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a good, it's not a good look now, for the comparison. I have to admit, so we, we, we just watched the pitch black match. I did go to the main event and I watched that and I really thought I was going to love the Sammy turn because that's like the only thing I've been invested in in WWE. And it's a really good angle. Mm-hmm. It's probably the best thing they've done since Daniel Bryan's stuff in 2014. Um, so almost a decade. And I did like it, but I didn't like it as much as I expected. Like it ended up being a great angle that should have been like an all time legendary turn. And um, they just. They just because their insistence on not making Roman look bad kind of hurt it for me because I really would have rathered Sammy like wipe everyone out. Yeah. And like actually get to not be a chump and like it just I didn't like how they did a lot of it. Like I said, it's it's like an A minus angle that should have been like an A plus plus for me. But like it's just they just can't the way they work. They just cannot like make something as good as it should be. And it really bummed me out because I was like, oh, you know, everyone's saying this is really good. And I watched it and I was like, well, that was good. But like, you know, when you 
you know when you have that sort of empty feeling inside after you watch something that was good but not quite as good as you wanted it to be like i had that coming out of it it would not have been hard to make that better either sammy hits roman with the chair roman goes down and he gets jumped on immediately or because it might be sammy like hits roman with the chair and he knows he's in the lion's den doing it knowing what's going to happen but the or sammy just turns around and starts going after everybody okay cool the problem is that I had because I, I went and watched the the end of the main event too, because I was like, okay, people are people are talking about this so much. I got to look. He hits Roman, and then everybody stands there for like sixty seconds, sixty or ninety seconds, it feels like, and nobody does anything. And I know you need to let the moment breathe, but that was a long, long long time of nothing and they and they lost the mm-hmm. crowd with how they did it too it's it, it's all we saw from that point like as i remember i might be remembering wrong but as i remember he hits him with the chair they stand there for like 90 seconds with sammy just staring at roman with the chair in his hand before jimmy super kicks him he goes down and the the and then roman solo starts punching and jimmy him. Punch yeah. him in the face. Yeah, they they don't even all three go in on him. And it's like, I don't... I, I Even the old NWO beatdowns, when it was just like, someone pops up and he's like, you know, surprise! And they he, he, he takes out the guy he's feuding with, and everybody else starts wailing on him, gets him down, and puts the boots to him. Everybody is like, oh, this guy pissed us off. We should all be beating on him. As opposed to... It's like, well guess we ought to let roman do it yeah and i was excited because that they actually let sammy be the one to turn instead of getting thrown out and like oh like they really kind of threw something different in here and like i said i watched it and i was super excited because i thought it was going to be really good and then i was like oh this this was not like as good as i wanted it to be it it frustrates me for the same reason that when we used to watch this stuff frustrated me it would have been so easy to make it so much better so easy. All you had to do was have, you know, you go one of two ways. Either Sammy takes out Roman and just keeps wailing on him until the other guys jump on him and take him out. Or Sammy takes out Roman and then just starts swinging for everybody else. But we can't have either one of those things. Or Sammy hits Roman once and the other guys jump on him immediately. Like that would have been frenetic and keeping it going and that sort of stuff as opposed to. I know that I have said lots of time in the past, you got to let the moment breathe so everybody can take it in. But that's not that's not letting it breathe. That's holding your breath. And it just and Roman's kind of like, for oh, so that was a minor inconvenience in like like the way he sold it. Also, is kind of it was one one chair shot to the back. Out of everything that we've been told all this time, it's like one chair shot to the back. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know what? You know what's a good counter angle to this, or some good ones from like the NWO era, is like when Sting came down at Uncensored and destroyed like everyone in like a 20 foot radius of him. Or, mm-hmm. or the time that Eric Bischoff was like smack talking him and said he was going to 
to um, smack the paint off his face, and Sting came out of the, the ring and just, like, dropped him. Yeah. Like, they just... It was... Because the crowd kind of... They, they kind of lost the crowd, too, which surprised me, because they were super hot for the Sammy thing. And it got mm-hmm. a big pop when he turned. But then when they started beating him up, the crowd was just kind of like, oh, right. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just... It, it just they, feels the same, and yeah. it this is not the thing I enjoyed, and I don't, I don't want more of that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm glad someone else felt that way because I felt I was crazy for kind of being like, well, that was good, but it wasn't quite what I wanted, and like they really didn't do it as well as they could have. Like that was kind of my, like giving it a critical eye. Again, like the problem is like I just don't like see them ultimately paying it off in a good way yeah that's i think that's where it lost some um gravitas for me because it's like so the way that you did that it should be him and roman but they're gonna make it him and kevin owens versus the usos yeah because the way to pay off the way to pay off so if I was going to do this, I would have had I would if you would have done it this way. So if you really want to pay the J the J Sammy thing off off is you you do the title match with Roman and Sammy and then when the big moment comes, J super kicks Roman in the face and Sammy beats him to like bring it all home. Yeah. That's that's how you would do a satisfying end to this story with Sammy and Jay and Roman. If you don't do something with Jay, uh, I mean, I think you, you should. But, I mean, one thing that I guess they could do if they're going to have Roman lose, which I don't have any faith at this point in having Roman lose at Mania, Um you could have Sammy, you know, get his, you know, quote unquote revenge by helping uh, Cody beat Roman. Now that would kind of like also like neuter Cody because it's like, well, he can't do it without yeah. Sammy. But it's like there, I, I suppose there is a way that you can do it where Cody still looks strong. Like you could have him like, I don't know, do the crossroads on Roman, have him pin for like a, a as they as they call it, a visible three count. Yeah, but the, there's some sort of chicanery where the ref is like the ref bump, the ref is down, or he's distracted, so he doesn't see it. I don't. And like then it. at some point you could have you could have like a Sammy run in, and then he like does something like a hell of a kick or something. I don't. I don't and like that, that actually... because Cody, if 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 you're gonna put the title on Cody, Cody has to not lose to Roman. He has to not lose in the buildup, and he has to beat Roman first go clean. There cannot be a, no. oh, we're going to job Cody because he can win it at Backlash or in Saudi Arabia or SummerSlam. The second the second you make Cody look weak to Roman, it's going to damage Cody horribly. Yeah. I agree. I agree, but I don't know. Because what Cody has going for him is he has a certain mystique to him. Because honestly, they I, I love how they kind of admitted that AEW figured out like his presentation really well because they ripped it off wholesale but yeah um, but that's the problem though is like i think you should go with sammy but i also think like now you have to you have to navigate really careful with cody because 
like the reason Cody is going to work in this spot is because you haven't fucked Cody up yet. And the second yeah. he loses to Roman, he's just another guy. He's just another statistic and the crowd will instantly, he'll instantly lose a lot with the crowd. I don't know what they're going to do because I, I think they put a lot of eggs in their basket that it was going to be like Roman rock and mania. And I don't know. I, I really don't know. Like, not that, not that like Roman would have lost the rock or should have lost the rock, but I don't know what they're going to do. I think they were just thinking Cody, about selling a bunch of tickets. Yeah. Well, if it's not, if it's not Cody, then who? That's exactly the thing. There's no exit strategy to this. No, they never had a plan at the end for how it should end. And something else I realized, guys, is we, we might have to admit. We might be getting old because a bunch of people crowing about this being the best thing ever. This might have been the best thing they've ever seen. And. WWE is what they grew up watching, so they don't want to watch anything else because that's their thing. So this is the best thing they have seen is, in their time watching. Is that really better though, than like Edge cashing I in on John was, Cena? I didn't say it was better. I'm, I'm saying that we might be dealing with a bunch of people who haven't gone back to see that sort of stuff. But and I mean, even someone that even makes s- me kind of sad. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying, but like I feel like there's been stuff in recent memory that someone, at least in their teens, should remember that's better. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Edge, John Cena, that was, what, mid-aughts? What about Dolph Ziggler cashing in his money in the bank? That was a big deal. But what that, year was that? That was good, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't rate that better. Um, like yeah, seriously, yeah. what year was that? 2015. Was that what like 20? Was that 2015? No, it was probably was like it, 2013. No. Um, so that I mean, even that's 10 years ago. I'm trying to think. I mean, because it's been it's been dog crap for five years. Like it's so bad that the we stopped watching and. I think we would kill for that stuff back. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm happy with what I watch now. When there did, you go. It, when did it, um, when did when did Moxley cash in his money in the bank and win the title? Is that 2015 or 2016? Oh, that's a good question. Because that might be the last like good one. Now I've got to look because it's like I I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, well, no, that was the Intercontinental title. Um, I'm trying to find it. Or what about, um, what about when they're doing the AJ Styles versus Moxley feud and that, um, jobber guy that looked like a turtle? Ellsworth. Yeah, that, that stuff was, that that was good. That was 2016, 2017. Okay, that makes sense. Um, God, that's that's almost six, seven years ago for. Yeah, that, that's really that's that, re- that's really sad that we have to go back that far to talk about like legitimately good stuff. Oh yeah, I would. 
I'm even going to put hang the caveat stuff that we enjoyed. Well, it's been the Roman know, show man. for seven years now. Well, yeah, and I quit watching it, so I can't speak to what has or hasn't been good because I haven't watched it. I just can't bring myself to do it. It's it, anytime I try to watch it, it's the same shit. It always is. Like literally, mm-hmm. there's nothing ever different. It's the same people doing the same stuff. It is. It is just ponderous. I'm just it has this has just kind of been indicative of WWE style ever since basically ever since kind of around the turn of the millennium when you had this incredible crop of people and ever since then more and more autonomy was taken away from the people in the ring and leaving them high and dry broke their brains is what happened. Well, and and I I think it was Moxley that said it. He said the guy built this structure around him so that he can control everything, and so there is more and more and more, uh, like progressively more and more in place to be more control, and there's less agency for the guys. If it's not happening in the ring itself, there seemed to to be less and less agency, and that made it. St- Deadly less interesting to me. And ever since then, it's it's the quote unquote style of their shows has not like there are people on their shows I like. Yeah. I like Xavier Woods quite a bit. You know, uh, now I'm going to age it. Well, AJ's hurt, but I well, mean, yeah, of course, I've been an AJ Mark for 20 years. It's but. There are I mean, plenty. There are people on the roster I like and I think are good, but I just don't want to watch their stuff anymore. Until the purge, I would say I liked more of their roster than I disliked, and I would still say I like a good vast majority of their roster. But like, it's like it's like when WCW is really bad. Like you can love everyone on the card, but if like the the dressings like. Yeah. It's like, you know, someone can make you the best hamburger in the world, and if they take a giant dump on it, like, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> I, I just – I'm I'm largely ambivalent to most of the people on the roster at this point because it's like well, I they, just they don't – Because – well, because even the guys I like, like, they're never going to do anything with them, and if they do, they'll find some way to ruin it. Like, remember – Remember when Big E won the title and like at the time I was like, I can't get excited because it's going to mean dick all. And then it meant dick all. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, uh, you know, I liked Big E. I like Kofi. I like Xavier. What are they going to do? Not, not a lot. Same shit that they've been doing for the last decade. Kofi had a run with the title, and then as soon as it was over, he was not a main event guy. They just He's put him right back where he pancakes. was. I don't even think he got a rematch. I uh, don't think so. Biggie didn't even like. And so Biggie won the title, and he he was in the same matches in the same places on the cards as he would have been if he was still. Yeah. Like, without the title. I just. I just don't want it anymore. No. I don't. You can you can be the best, juiciest, sweetest pair in the world. I don't like pairs anymore. 
I don't want them. I can I can go if I can go you know across the street and get an apple or a peach or whatever it works to be in this in this analogy. I'm gonna go do that instead because we had a stretch where the only thing that was on the shelf was pears, and I was like, all right, well, let me find a find a pear I like, and now it's like oh, I don't like pears. I'm gonna go get something else. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the thing I don't get about people that are insistent that like it's only WWE. It's like there is so much easily accessible wrestling content out there that you can find something that is tailor made to your interests. And sadly, that's pretty much like where I'm at. Um, I, we've always said on this podcast we try to not be like just an anti WWE podcast. We're like an an all wrestling type of podcast. Like we we watch like anything but it's just difficult to become very it's difficult to really find much of anything in wwe nowadays that i think is like good the individual workers can have like really good matches like that mm-hmm. they're like some of the best talent in the world like so i don't dispute that it's like you could literally take names out of a hat and probably more often than not you can put together a good match like not if you're facing people like if you're having like a top dollar wrestling against someone huh. it's like uh, that's All not right. gonna be good but if you like put names in a hat and you pull it out and it's like okay um all right, and the first name, Mustafa Ali. Okay, all right. And then you yeah. pull a second name out of the hat. It's like, oh, Ricochet. It's like those two would have a good match together. Like they would. And, if you give him enough time, yes. Yeah, and absolutely. well, to his credit, like Triple H, I don't think I don't think he's necessarily better than Vince, just different. Yeah, because like, Triple H likes, He would be Triple H mm-hmm. likes to make you sit through a 20-minute long match to have it end in a count out or a DQ or some like obvious bit of interference, which is because yeah. we're, we're actually going to do a series on pet peeves, but that's a big one of mine is like, if you're not going to give me like a definitive ending, just get it over with quick, please. Mm. Uh, the thing using my example, it's like, okay, if you give triple H would be more like, okay, I'll, Mustafa Ali Ricochet, like let's let them have like a twenty minute match on on Raw, and it's like, well, it, it would probably be good. Like you may have wonky booking, finish may be bad, but it's like you probably have like a, a relatively good match. The individual talent in WWE is too good. Like that's usually why like the pay per views, like the pay per views, the the wrestling winds up being good because you have really competent people working. It's just that the finishes and the bookings are sometimes like really wonky. Point is, it's like you might have some good wrestling, but to me, like the booking decisions and overall a lot of the presentation of things in the WWE, it's like I, it's just not for me. Like I, I much prefer other stuff. I watch like AEW consistently to the extent I don't. Like I watch Impact Wrestling more than I watch WWE, and I'm not even saying Impact Wrestling is like you know the great the greatest it's just it's, it's but i feel like it's logically it's more consistent it's tightly it's tightly booked it all like makes mm-hmm. sense things touch on each other and like mm-hmm. they um they're self-aware so when something's stupid they just go all out like and lean into it like if, if impact would have done that pitch black match like the ending would have been like uncle howdy like diving onto la night into a, a giant vat of mountain dew like that's what impact would have done 
<laughs> they would have done some wackiness. Yeah, um, it would. No, they would have done like a Hardy verse thing with it. Yeah, yeah, and to the extent that the, those two, for example, like there are other North American promotions. There's Lucha you could watch. Uh, there's a ton of Japanese promotions. Like New Japan, obviously people love that, but I actually I feel like well, Dragon Gate's pretty good too. But even like Pro Wrestling Noah. It's, it's gotten interesting. Yeah, that's... that's and there's all, like, the, the Joshi... F- yeah. Yeah. There's Actually, also all, all the Joshi feds. Impact would have had so. Shark Boy in the vat of Mountain Dew attacking someone. That okay, would have been amazing. They did that... That's amazing. They did that in... Um, we'll have to... I want to do it for the show at one point. It was the, the JB and um, Joseph Parks for Scott Steiner and um, Josh Matthews match. And they they do this part where like um like JB like throws Josh Matthews in the pool and like sentons on him and then Josh Matthews is trying to drown him until Shark Boy like like comes up and bites him on the ass. Yeah. Which is it, that match is hilariously stupid, but it's also got Scott Steiner calling everyone a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> that that's an underrated. If you, if you remember like back in the TNA in the day when he was what was that what was it called was it was it, it wasn't Steiner. the million dollar mafia because that was oh main that event was mafia. um oh the main event mafia um <laughs> they're like he's like ranting about some he, he has like a buck up buck up sass about Samoa Joe and he's ranting about it and the other guys are trying to like calm him down it's like yeah okay Scott all right thanks cool and he just they're trying to like rein him in and just go all of a sudden he's just like he's fat. Yeah, it was just fat, and it's like it's just so random. The night they had him ring announcing was like um was hilarious because mm. there's one where it's like I think he was introducing the Dudley Boys is like somewhere south of obesity, <laughs> and then he, when he does ODB, he's like that's one nasty bitch. Yeah, but he's I love Steiner like his um because like people kind of took him seriously for a long time and then i saw like the that match i'm like oh he's self-aware mm-hmm. at mean, least he is now and we I don't mean, know when that switched over but he he got that way and i mean even like he's even smart enough that like the, the i know i think he i think he was doing it as a joke but like i think the steiner math like even people even people that don't watch wrestling like understand the scott steiner math meme hmm and like you can show that to anyone and anyone finds it hilarious. Yeah. But in any event, um Mountain Dew match, not good. No. <laughs> not good. Not even worth the laugh. Not not even worth like I, I legitimately like we did not set out to do that cynically. I told them, I said, Hey, we should do this because like, you know, we'll get some laughs and we can goof on it for an hour and then we watched it and it was like, Oh. Um it, yeah. I again, part of my language. It's a fucking ponderous thing. I, I watch it and I just don't understand what it was or what the point of it was. And that's like the biggest cardinal sin, like to me in, in wrestling. It's like I've seen so many like wacky wrestling matches or things, but they are at least like played up for comedy. Like uh, DDT wrestling in Japan. It's like they. They've so often like done like wacky shit. I I once saw like 
like I think it was a battle royal back in the day. It's like a dude. It was clearly it was a prop, but a dude like pulls out a gun, and everyone's like freaking out because it's like he's pulled out a gun in like a wrestling match. It's like, well, that's I that's mean, kind of horrific. Remember, but they played it for laughs, and it worked. Remember they um. I remember the gun one. Remember they they had a match in DQ because a zombie girl like bit one of the guys on the neck, and he passed out. Uh, I forget what I forget what workers that was. It might have been was it? It might have been Ram. No, I don't think. I so. don't know. I know that. I know that. Uh, Saki Akai has done like a zombie gimmick. Not frequently, but like like once or twice she's done one. Or, I don't think it's I don't think it was her though. Remember they did the Invisible Man match with Bryce Rimsburg at um Joey Janela's um spring break. Yeah. There was was it I think it was also like a DDT match back in the day. But it was a silent match. Oh yeah. Or it's like you can't like you had to, the gimmick was that it was that you would lose if you made too much noise. Yeah, and then the So you had the workers like the guy that doing lost. everything in silence. And then the guy Yeah, a guy lost because he farted and like yeah. he broke wind. <laughs> it's like that was like, Oh, you made too much sound, like you lose. Well, remember like, the... That is so ridiculous. That worked better than this weird dumb mountain dude. Match. I went to I went to a Chikara show and I think it was Blind Rage and an ice cream. And they did a um like mm-hmm. they did the test of strength spot. And they went all through the mm. building, like outside, back in, through the concession stand. Um, and the, the whole time they're doing a test of strength and just like going through the crowd and everything. They get back up on mm. the ring and then Ice Cream just lets go and Blind Rage face plants and he pins him. And it was hilarious. And then yeah. Blind Rage got mad and he started shit talking to Baby saying the Baby made him lose. <laughs> and like pointing at it, but but like it was stupid. But well, and then there was one. I think it was um, Oleg the Usurper and Ashley Remington. And then like Oleg had a, an imaginary sword, and Ashley had an imaginary gun, and Bryce like forcibly took both of them from them. There are some people that I, I don't know why, but they get real bent out of shape with. Sometimes you just need some farce. Well, we just talk- enjoy some silly. I've talked about that though. If you're gonna make me sit through a four and a half hour show, like around hour three, you need to do something to get my interest back. I I don't know if I've said this on here before. I might have. If I have, I'm sorry. But there was um, when when Monty Python was getting ready to release Quest for the Holy Grail, what they discovered. I think I have said this before. What the hell? We'll go for it anyway. What they discovered is no matter how they arranged the scenes, no matter what they did, there was a certain point where everyone stopped laughing. And so what the, that's why they put the intermission in, because you can only get to a certain point with the same thing over and over again before everybody starts just getting tired of it. So what do you do? Give them a break. Give them something different. Mix it up, and there you go. You get all of a sudden now you get, um, you know, you get something silly right there in the middle, and and it makes people laugh and they feel good and it makes them happy. Great, perfect. Do that. 
there's some people who just get so hung up on the old funny don't draw money thing. It's like, would well, you be shocked? Because uh, it it does all right. Um, you don't even have to do funny. Like hour three, bring out the plunder. Like do something, do something to visually change what I'm watching. Yes. Like do, don't just do something different. Don't do the suicide dive because it's hour three. I've seen five guys do that same spot into that same mm-hmm. area of the ring like that night. Like go go get some trash cans and like get my interest back. Yeah. Like if if you're sitting in the back and you're watching those same matches, like if if I was sitting back there with you and you and I had a match that night and we were in like hour three of like a four hour show and I'd be like, hey Shad, why don't we go get like why don't we go get a bag of popcorn and beat each other with it? <laughs> like, you know what? We, we both get, go get a giant bag of popcorn and it's like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. And then we go out there and we have a popcorn match where we hit each other with the bag. And then when the bag breaks, it's like, you know, one of us stumbles away from the other and you turn around, you turn around, he throws popcorn in your face. And you go, ah, the salt, the salt. And you stumble around. And then the other guy like piles the popcorn up and points to it. You point to the other guy and you pick him up and you body slam him on it. Or, and he's like, oh, the holes are still short. Or I start, or I start, or one of us like starts like trying to like just slam the other guy's face into the popcorn and laugh maniacally while the other guy acts like he's drowning in the popcorn. Like, I mean, yeah. but like, and, but like, and the people would be like, well, that's stupid. I'm like, yeah, but it's hour three. Like someone's going to go home and remember like, hey, those dumbasses like we're throwing popcorn at each other instead of, oh yeah, they like went out there and did like the same spots like 20 other people on the show did. Yeah. Yeah. And we could be just as good at doing those spots as the other guys could, but the problem is that they've seen it. So do something different. And what do we do? Yeah, okay, maybe we go do something silly. Maybe we do something dumb. You know what happens when we do something silly and dumb? It gives them a break. And the other thing it doesn't it does is it doesn't step on anybody else. Because everybody else who's having nobody else who's having a match that night is going to be having a popcorn match or something. Yeah. Like that that won't happen. And so we go out there, we do something unique. The other guys are like, oh good, they didn't use our spots. That was funny. I appreciate that. You know. And and what do we get to do? We don't even have to kill ourselves. We can just be like, hey, you know, let's go have a a, a stupid match and see if we can make people laugh. And what happens is if they don't laugh, then it didn't work. But at least it's not the same thing that they'd been seeing. Yeah. You know that. Like my like thinking I posted about that, going back. I posted that thing from that Ring of Honor show and Dayton I went to to you guys about the streamer getting stuck in the fan, and us being yeah. dumbasses. So if you ask me anything, I have a good recollection of from that night. And it was a four and a half hour show, and I'll tell you the Briscoes and um. War Machine was really good, but the streamer and the fan is going to be like the second or third thing I mentioned from that night or that I have like a vivid recollection of. And that's like, that's how stupid human memory is. Yeah. Or I'll tell you how the rope broke for an Adam Cole match because something went wrong. Like that's how you, that's just how you. That fat ass sat on it, didn't he? Uh, no, no, they, they did like, so what they did is, um, he was wrestling like a job guy, like on the opener, I think. And they did their first Irish whip and it cracked like on the first one and they had to do the whole match with only two ropes. I hate doing those. Or I hated doing those. It was the worst. And then they had to come I was just trying to lean in on the stupid joke. Yeah. But But no, it was like they did like one Irish whip and you heard like you could hear it, you heard this like and then it was like, Oh, that rope broke. 
Or someone yep. didn't like screw it in enough or whatever. All right. I think we might have talked this one the whole way through, guys. We yes. have. Uh, Brad, <laughs> Brad, I just want to bring up uh, maybe the greatest moment from Chikara, and that's Chuck Taylor's invisible gr- grenade. Oh, <laughs> the yes. grenade. Now, you, know, you know what actually got me? So the, the, we'll end on my story about it. So when, when the whole Benoit thing happened, I didn't watch wrestling from about 2008 to about 2012. So the, yeah. the so I was somewhere or something and someone had a gif and I, I went and got the show and this is what got me back into wrestling. It was it was Chuck Taylor sliding down a slide on a playground and Ultramantis Black chopping him as he came to the bottom of the slide and I laughed my ass off and I'm like, I have to see this show. <laughs> so I got it and I had a lot of fun. I'm like, Well, I need to get more of these Chikara DVDs and that's how I got back into wrestling around twenty twelve. But that's what got me yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. Because they, so what they did is they had a match and they decided to do like an out of the ring brawl and they brawled out of the building onto a playground. And that's how it happened. I mean, might as well have some fun. So, all right. Well, everybody out there, thank you for um, hanging with us through this one. Uh, not one of our favorite things, but yeah, here we I'm are. Sorry. Um, uh, we thought it was going to be funny and it, it wasn't funny. Just wasn't. No. So um, we would love to hear from you all on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, if you've got requests, hit us up. You know, we'll put those in the hopper too. We we get to our requests. It may not be the most immediate thing, but we do get to our requests. And so, with all of that, um, this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>